Good morning. I'm Emily Reese, and I'm pleased to have Jill Mott here. She's a sommelier at Henry and & Son. And Jill, it's been a while since we chatted, that's for sure. Yeah, I had the uh, joy of talking with uh, your your cohort in Action Over at Jazz 88, Michael, yeah. a couple weeks ago. It was fun. Weeks ago. And that's because you've been in California, right? Yeah, I left um, on uh, like the 5th of October, and I just arrived uh, two days ago back in Minneapolis, driving out there and driving back, no less. <laughs> it was pretty insane. Well, there was some weather, too, so maybe we'll talk about how uh, traumatic that drive may or may not have been. But uh, what were some of your favorite things you did, or tell us about some of the producers you met up with out there. Well, what was great is I visited producers all the way as far south as San Diego County, so very close to the LA, between LA and San Diego area. And I drove all the way up around Santa Barbara. Um, and that area is a really cool hotbed of wine and some natural wine that's happening there right around uh, the Santa Maria area, Santa Inez Valley. Um, so that was really cool. And then I, I kept going further north and around the Mendocino area and the Santa Cruz Mountains. Um, I met with some amazing folks, including Ryan Sturm, which I'll tell you about in a moment. And then I, I kept going north into um, up into what many people know, uh, you know, when they say, oh, you're going to California, you're going to wine country. Mm. You know, wine country is like hundreds of miles long, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, freckled, of course. Not every place in California is is at for great viticulture, but um I ended the trip up where many know well and love up in the Napa Sonoma area um, and close to Mendocino, which was spectacular. And even though it was cooler, mm -hmm. it wasn't as cool as it is here. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like a, a, up there, it was like a hundred degrees on some warmer days, which oh um, for those of you who like to know about different vintages, California this year um, is, has experienced wildfires that are, have ravaged not only overall acreage, but more vineyard area than ever before. I think at, at present, it's like over a million and a half acres of land have been destroyed by these wildfires. And that's um, like, I think, two or three times more than ever before in California in modern history. So um, keep that in mind when you're supporting wines and supporting California wineries in 2020. A lot of people um, are not going to be making as much wine as they normally would. Um, they were picking early to mitigate what we call smoke taint in the business. So if you pick during or after fires, a lot of times those that smoke can permeate into those skins. Mm -hmm. And when you macerate your skins with your juice to make a red wine or an orange wine, which orange wine is white wine that spent some time in the skins, you can, that smoke taint can be released into your, into your juice and then later your wine. Um, and so a lot of people had to pick earlier before the fires went crazy. And so in that sense, you're going to, this is going to be a higher, a higher acid vintage because hmm. people were picking earlier. Think of like, Oh, somewhat unripe fruit. Right. But yep. then also it was, if any of you drink wines from California and know like 2017 was a very hot vintage in California. And so 2020 is very similar. So they had to pick earlier because of wildfires, but they also needed to pick earlier to retain acidity because if they waited, you know, two weeks or three weeks or four weeks to pick later, you'd be left with some plump, very juicy, very 
high alcohol wine that might not have been in balance. Mm. So that was um, a key signature for the 2020 vintage. 2017 or 2020? Uh, 2020. That this that what I just mentioned about like picking early uh, and yep, high yep. acid and trying to mitigate that smoke taint. That's that's um, uh, kind of a hallmark of of 2020. Okay. For sure. Oh wow. So uh, tell me about uh, you said Ryan Sturm. Yeah, Ryan Sturm was one of my favorite visits. Um, we had I visited quite a few folks that we don't have in Minneapolis and St. Paul yet. Um, they'll be on the way hopefully in in some in the coming months, but. I was making videos out there. A lot of people ask like, oh, you know, how was your visit? Show me pictures. But it doesn't really adequate. You don't hear the winemaker's voice. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you if you Google like later on tonight or tomorrow is when the video will be released. And it's like Jill Mott and Ryan Sturm or Sturm Wines and Jill Mott. You'll be able to find a video where I'm actually talking about to Ryan. He's located um, in a very small town called Aromas, which is kind of in the Santa Cruz Mountains area outside of Monterey. And he is making incredible, like, I can't even tell you how good it is. <laughs> this Riesling that is like, um, you know, it's from a little bit further south, close to the Santa Barbara areas where he gets some of his Riesling from. Um, and he is making just electric, bone dry, fantastic Riesling that is very aromatic. It's great with, and I've had it at home before, so sometimes you go to wineries and it's like, not as good or it's even better or you meet the winemaker and they might be kind of a jerk or something. And Ryan was just a, you know, he was just like, uh, he was a gentleman. He was, you know, respected social distancing. We were tasting. Um, and it was, the wines are just really great. He ferments. He's one of the very few people still left in California that's fermenting in huge redwood vats. Oh, wow. You know, so if we think of Northern California or Central California, we think of the redwoods yep. when we're close to the coast. Um, those used to be how many people fermented and aged their wines because, you know, French oak was more expensive and it was foreign and it was hard to get. Um, and so he's still using these like 80 to 100 year old huge huh. fermenters. And I include a picture of that in the video, um, which is really awesome. And then he ages his wines in a combination of thereafter, there'll be some stainless steel, there'll be some oak, French oak, you know, depending on what is happening in the cellar. But he's one of very few people that is not only using these redwood containers, but he's doing super low sulfur wines, all naturally fermented. So native yeast, he's not inoculating, adding any packeted yeast. He's um, also doing, he's using grapes in some cases, like he makes a great Pinot Noir. He makes a great Zin. But he also makes a wine that I'm going to try to get for our market in a few weeks because it's so good. It's called Cabernet Pfeffer. <laughs> after after a, a farmer um, who I think his name was Nick Pfeffer, but it's P-F-E-F-F-E-R or something like that. And Cabernet Pfeffer is, it's like if Cabernet and Pinot Noir could kind of become one because it's, <laughs> it doesn't have a ton of color. It's kind of like maroonish, light maroonish in color. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then it has kind of the juiciness of a Cabernet, but then it's got the angularity of like a Cab Franc. It's just super interesting wine. Um, and so we'll, when I talk to Ryan, you know, he talks about obviously the winery and the project, but he talks about, you know, why Riesling isn't popular in California because they spent gazillion dollars promoting Pinot Noir, you know, and that money is why <laughs> Pinot Noir is so famous, not necessarily because Pinot belongs in every single vineyard in California. So it was just a really great, I learned a lot from him and he's really trying to showcase California ingredients 
Um, and I, it was just, it was a pleasure to meet with him along with dozens of other folks. Uh, anything else you want to say, Jill, about your time out there? Well, no, I think I'll, <laughs> my trip home was pretty ridiculous. I drove through like, <laughs> that's right. I, I, one day I was like 17 hours and then the next day I made it home in like 15 hours by myself oh. driving through snowstorms. It said, you know, in the little Google Maps when it says 11 hours, mm-hmm. like you're going to get home in 11 hours. It said 11 hours for like four hours. And I was just, <laughs> I cried on the trip. I was like, wine is not so glamorous. Everybody thinks like, oh, you're in the wine business. You drink wine all day. Like, I was like, no, if anybody could see moments like this, they'd be like, it's glamorous, like 20% of the time. And then 80% of the time it's like. <laughs> running around in logistics, but um, it it was worth it. And I think in the next couple of weeks, I'll definitely have some more fun California recommendations for sure. Awesome. Well, I look forward to it. Jill Mott, we'll talk to you in two weeks. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.